everyone, and welcome back to Urban Wilderness. I'm your host, Elise Mikulow, and today I'll be doing an episode on hunting. I have a guest today, Barrett. What's up, Barrett? Oh, not much. Just sitting here doing this show with you. (laughs) (laughs) How much hunting experience do you have? Uh, Well, I started hunting when I was about four years old with my dad and my brother, and been hunting ever since, so probably... 25 years of hunting. Okay. I think I mentioned in my last episode, or at least when I talk about having you, that when you were four, it was gophers you were hunting. Well, that was, yeah, shooting gophers on the farm, but also deer season, you'd go hunting with dad. How old were you when you shot your first deer? Well, that was a little later. I think I was 16 when I shot my first deer. Okay. Great. All good to know. So, how much ex- hunting experience would you say you have? Actual hunting, like of the actual shooting and yes. the fun part of hunting. Exactly. Probably a lot less. Well, said it was 16 when I shot my first deer, so 14 real years of actual hunting. Okay, let's get started. Canadian hunting regulations only. If you want to hear an American one, just let me know on Twitter and I'll see what I can do. We got the Alberta Guide to Hunting Regulations at the Canadian Tire where we bought our tags. I think talking about hunting tags is a great place to start. So, no tags, no hunting. They aren't hard to get, right? No, they're they're not that hard to get if you have a win card and you did the hunter's training course and all that. And you can just go to the Canadian Tire or... I think Home Hardware and some other places they have they sell tags and yeah that's you just ask for what you want and that's what you get. <laughs> so the regulations have an interesting section on how to get tags online. It's kind of iffy. Before you can buy tags online, you have to get a pre-numbered government actual paper tag and wire. So like, what's the point of buying it online if you have to go to a Fish and Wildlife office anyways? Whatever. Uh, have you ever bought tags online? No, just because what you just said, it's kind of a pain. (laughs) (laughs) It's just easier just to go to the store or fish and wildlife office or wherever. So as far as filled tags are concerned, what is evidence of species? So if you're hunting, say, white-tailed deer or muley deer, in that case, it'd be you got to keep the tails after you kill it so they could determine you know you're not poaching by shooting a deer that you don't have a tag for right because obviously if you go to the the game warden catches you and he sees that you have a tag on there for white tail but he has a black tail (laughs) (laughs) big trouble big trouble so what is evidence of sex well in that case it's either you keep the genitals or also the antlers or the horns of a species. But in some cases, say you're, you, sh- you shoot a, a deer, say, and it only has, and it turns out to be a buck, but you shot it from far away. But under a certain size of, of antler size, I think it's two inches. Um, it counts as a doe. Oh, wow. Yeah, so there's certain exceptions, but obviously you'd probably not prefer that. 
Mm -hmm. The regulations have a section for found dead wildlife. Ever experienced that firsthand? Uh, not myself, but you know, I've heard a lot of stories of farmers, you know, coming across left carcasses on their land or like actually just heard on the weekend about some farmers they found two uh muley does that were left on their land just killed and i don't know why somebody would do that but mm. it does happen i but like i said i haven't came across it myself right the regulations are pretty intuitive if you want a found carcass that includes roadkill and you want it legit call fish and wildlife and they'll hook you up maybe maybe <laughs> maybe so licenses to get a hunting license you need a win card what is that so that's a wildlife identification number and you can get that by taking a hunter's uh training course and yeah you just you apply for it you need it to get any license even for fishing too in alberta at least right mm -hmm. so yeah <laughs> so it's a 10 digit number and it lasts for five years and renewals pretty easy yeah it's like 29 dollars to renew it it's mm. pretty pretty cheap and goes all to conservation too right so yeah. so win cards are important they're easy to get what do you know about big game licenses? Well, they're in your regular tag. So depending on the wildlife management unit you're in, it will depend on what animals you can hunt in that zone. And then, so some licenses are, you can just buy depending on, you know, how many of the animal are in that zone. So, you know, in, in different zones, you might have to get a special license for those animals because their numbers are, are different right and, and for other reasons right but basically the big game license it allows you to hunt big game not small animals like varmint or you know gophers or prairie coyotes or well prairie chickens you have to have a bird license for prairie chickens uh, right first of all when i read the regulations they say when hunting big game no traps and no automatic ammo, and nothing smaller than a 23 caliber. Muzzled firearms must be larger than 44 caliber, and shotguns when hunting big game are super specific, so the regulations chose not to specify. Yeah, so when you're hunting big game, like obviously you're not allowed to trap them, and you can't have automatic firearms in Canada, so that's, you shouldn't be using them anyways. <laughs> <laughs> right? And then nothing smaller than 23 caliber, that's to ensure that you have a humane kill, right? Because if you go out with 22 rimfire, and, man, you have to shoot an animal like 500 times to kill the thing, you know? That's not very humane, right? No way. You want a quick, clean kill. It's better for the, the animal, and it's better for the meat, and it's better, it's better for everyone, right? Mm -hmm. And muzzle firearms, so like muzzle loaders... Those are all, they, they have a, they're a lot slower than conventional firearms. So that's why you need a bigger bullet to ensure you have, it does more damage. So it kills the animal humanely, right? And shotguns are specific because you can use shotguns in many different ways, right? So like if you're hunting big game, then you need to be shooting slugs to make it humane. You're not going to go out with birdshot, but you can have buckshot, but using 
shotgun for that. You, you might as well use a conventional firearm in that regards, unless you're in a special zone, but then, you know, you can use bows or any other primitive weapons in those zones instead, right? I personally wouldn't use a shotgun for hunting big game myself. <laughs> I never got around to actual bows. In the States, it's more common because they, they have, you know, it's more populated and they have, you know, not as many areas where you can just shoot rifles willy-nilly without worrying about having to hit anything, right? You know, houses or acreages and farmland around, right? As a hunter, what does conservation mean to you? Well, without hunters, there would be no conservation because it all started way back in the day in the late 1800s and hunters would go into the woods and there'd be no more animals because everyone was shooting them all. You know, the buffalo, they'd shoot from the back of trains just willy-nilly just to collect their skulls and also for other nefarious purposes against the natives and stuff like that. They yeah. did that stuff. But anyways, yeah, so if you didn't have animals, you couldn't hunt. So that's you, you need the conservation part of it. And any hunter who says they don't agree with that, then honestly, they shouldn't be allowed to hunt, if you ask me. Mm-hmm. I just want to add that Alberta has a voluntary black bear tooth submission program in the name of conservation, but they don't just want the teeth. If you want to participate, you need the whole skull for them to study the teeth. So the title of tooth submission program seems like kind of an afterthought. Anyway, the name is bad, but the program seems really great. They're studying teeth to determine black bear management, and it's not just for hunters. It's for anyone setting foot in a national park. It's pretty cool. So what do you know about special licenses? Uh, the regulations book states that a special license is created when demand is high or when there are other reasons to conserve a game resource. They, um, they conduct lotteries for a limited number of these special licenses, and it's in a defined area. Anything outside this map zone is not allowed. Um, I'm not above putting in time and effort, but zoning would limit me so harshly. I would need to use something like trail cams. What about you? Well, I get the special licenses or draws, which most people call them by. Yeah, they obviously they serve a purpose because, like I was saying before about tags, and they issue tags based on the number of animals. Well, when the numbers of animals are low, right, then they issue a, like a lottery draw. So, you know, you just can't go buy it. You 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 put your name in and. If you get it, then you can go buy the tag. But if you don't get it, then you got to put it in next year. And it increases priority. If you if you never got it, then your priority increases the next season to get a tag, right? And some priorities, like you're waiting, like, I think for antelope, it's like 15-year wait for get a draw for antelope in, in Alberta. That's pretty close to the lifespan right? of an antelope. <laughs> And they and they change it all the time based on numbers of animals in areas. So one year you might have to get a draw on one WMU, and then maybe the next year you don't. Right? That's why they always update and issue new regulations every season. Right? And your dollars from buying special licenses like this go towards conservation. Well, yeah, all your dollars from licenses, even the regular tanks, go for conservation. That's awesome. Um, can I just say the government has a slogan for their lotteries? Not all lottery winners ride around in fancy cars. And then there's a follow-up. 
It might take decades for your number to be drawn, but some experiences are worth the wait. I guess when you get the chance, you make it count. So we're going to do an abridged version on a poaching section, but nice and short because there's just so much to cover. Well, the thing about poaching is don't do it. <laughs> you ruin the experience for other hunters. You ruin the experience for landowners and, you know, like it's, Leave it, leave it alone. There's only so many animals on the planet. We don't need to go shoot them all willy-nilly just for the sake of shooting things, right? We're all not, we're, we live in a first world country. We're not going to starve. So the whole, oh, I was getting meat and all that, that's, that's a bunch of bullshit. Hmm, let's start at the beginning. <laughs> <laughs> so when is a firearm considered loaded? Well, just if it has four or five beers around it, I'd consider it loaded. <laughs> That's good. <laughs> <laughs> uh, depends on the type of firearm. So if you had like a single shot firearm, obviously if you had one round in it, then it would be loaded into the chamber and that's considered loaded. But if you have like a, say a, a rifle with the clip, then even if the round isn't in the chamber, if it's just in the clip and the clip is in the gun, then that is considered a loaded firearm. So don't be con caught driving around in your trucks with the clips in your guns, guys. Where do you put your clip? In your pocket, okay. in your bag, just not in the gun. Okay. So what is, when you're hunting, what is bait? Well, only so many animals you can hunt with bait. Like bears, you can bear bait, right? But you can't use bait for, for deer. Like you can't just put up grain piles and then sit around the grain piles and wait for the deer to come in. That's illegal. It's, it's unfair, right? Like it has to have a sport, right? Mm -hmm. So, yeah. And I don't usually hunt bears. So, <laughs> but when are we allowed to hunt? Well, it depends what season you're in, and so if you're in bull season, you can hunt a little earlier than rifle season. But also depending on the animal, right? So they have a fall bear hunt and they have a spring bear hunt, right? And then depending on the WMU, like some places you can hunt deer in November and then in other WMUs, like in the foothills regions, you can go into December, right? That's, you just got to look in the regulation book for the WMU and whatever species and that you're hunting for. Mm -hmm. There is a pretty obvious like statement and there's charts in the regulation book, but I found them a lot closer to the back than I think they should be. But there's a sunrise sunset table. So about 30 minutes for before sunrise and 30 minutes after sunset? Yes, that's for Alberta regulations, yes. Okay. So where are we allowed to hunt? Uh, you can hunt on crown land as long as it's not occupied or leased. If it is leased, then you're supposed to get permission from the leaseholder. Or you can hunt on pretty any land you have permission on as long as it's, you know, obviously not within city limits and urban limits, like that kind of stuff, right? So and sometimes that makes it hard because if you don't know anyone who owns any land, you know, where do you go? And then so you go to Crown Land, but then there's every hunter and his dog out there looking to, you know, it's like Vietnam out there sometimes. <laughs> uh, current government policy is to post no trespassing signs, but... In the regulations book, at least the version I had, they're trying to turn that around and use a different message. Use respect. Ask for permission. So 
Signs that are part of this new campaign will have contact information, whereas the old trespassing signs were kind of a dead end. I'll post a link on Twitter for the Use Respect campaign. Yeah, so usually if you don't if you're a landowner, you don't want hunters going on there, you'd either post no trespassing or no hunting signs. Right? And if you're a respectful landowner, you you know, you maybe put your phone number under those signs so they could call you if you wanted to get permission although in the case of no hunting signs that means even the landowners and supposed to even hunt on there if he's posting it like that so in that case it's wiser to post those trespassing signs mm -hmm. right but yeah i think it's a good campaign like but obviously if the you know it'll help hunters find more areas to go on right without mm -hmm. feeling like because honestly it kind of sucks just calling up random people and you know, hey, can I go on your land? <laughs> right? It helps if, you know, they have their number up already and they're expecting you calling, right? Like, it just yes. makes it easier, you know? Mm -hmm. And you can also, like, get apps to help with finding out the landowners. Like, iHunter is really good for that, right? You can buy updated maps and for the WMUs you're in. So, shows you all the landowners who own all the core sections or if it's crown land or or if it's owned by ducks unlimited and managed by them right so that's a pretty handy thing to have very cool yes so in the case of poaching what does it mean to alter your kill uh so in that case it would be like cutting off the evidences of sex and species species and that kind of stuff right and the most that it's done to is, I'd probably say cutting off the, the tails of deer and that kind of stuff, mm -hmm. right? But any respectable butcher, if you don't have the, unless you're doing it yourself, if you don't have the evidence, all they will even take your, take your animal in, so. They say, no, this is altered? Yeah, well, game wardens they they can sit out there and they'll look at your animals if you're taking them into the butcher sometimes so like you know butcher's not going to ruin his livelihood just so you can butcher your 150 pound deer that you shot illegally you know like, <laughs> ridiculous yeah. uh so hunting why can't you just go hit a deer with your truck well for the obvious reason of wrecking your truck um, that would be considered inhumane and unsportsmanlike, which is also why you can't hit them with aircraft and boats and, you know, you can't use drones to yes. find them, right? They and, prohibit drone use pretty strongly in the woods. <clears throat> Although, I'm going to say, if it's a world-class buck, you know, I'll look the other way. <laughs> <laughs> you have seen drones while hunting, yes? Uh, not by hunters, but fishing, fishing wildlife, they have drones. I've seen one of those hunting, and it's kind of weird to see you're in the middle of the wilderness, and it's just a drone's flying over you. Like, where is this coming from? <laughs> <laughs> they're there to look at you. <laughs> well, yeah, they're looking at you. I wonder what they got on there. They got like infrared cameras or something on there. Some predator stuff. They're just watching you. Very cool. Um, so when you're hunting, if you have a perfect shot, but it's too close to someone's house, do you take it? Depending on how close of it is, you're not supposed to be within 200 yards of a occupied dwelling. But if you're in an unoccupied dwelling, right, then in that case, as long as you know damn well that there's no one in the house or around, then yeah, I would take the shot, right? Okay. 
This is the one hunting regulation I'm constantly reminded of. Because I'll just push a deer and get too excited. Well, why, why can't you shoot across the highway? Well, you don't want to hit people driving in their cars, right? I mean, you can shoot across, uh, like, uh, like roadways, like on your private property and that kind of stuff. And, but yeah, uh, an official highway is, no, you don't do that. Or gravel roads, right? Yeah. Mm. The regulations <laughs> list specifics about ditches and lanes around gravel roads. Yeah, they, yeah, they do. They do, yeah. So, what's your opinion on abandoning a kill that's fit for human consumption? Well, some animals you're allowed to do that on. So, like, I'm pretty sure blackberry you're allowed to leave the carcass, right? But then other animals, like, you got, like, moose, you got to take every bit of available meat that you bought for human consumption. You can't, you have, can't have too much wastage, right? And then, yeah, uh, there's, I think for cougar, you got to... You got to take the pelt, I think. Like, it depends on the animals. I'd honestly, I'd have to look at the regulations for every single animal. There's a lot of animals out there. <laughs> yeah, it's always better to be sure. <laughs> but yeah, honestly, if you're hunting, though, and you should know, you should know. And if you're hunting for meat, you're obviously taking the meat for human consumption, right? Yes. If you're a trophy hunter, though, you know, you kill that big buck and He's a world record beater, and you're thinking about all the money you're going to make from going to displaying it at Cabela's or wherever. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, don't don't just cut off the horns and antlers and whatever and take it. Like, take the meat. Somebody will eat the meat, even if you ain't going to eat the meat. Someone will. <laughs> I will. Bring it to my house. I'll eat it. Oh, very true. So what do you do when your target's on the move? How do you get around firing from a vehicle? Okay, well, you mobile ground blind. Yeah, well, if your target's on the move, honestly, you prefer it not to be, right? But, you know, circumstances happen. But if you're in the vehicle, you're not supposed to fire from a vehicle. So get the hell out and walk a couple feet. And as long as you're not on the road, mm-hmm. right, then start blasting. <laughs> so that's if you're on the road. Can you quickly explain what a bush pusher is? Okay, well, some hunters, they like to, not every hunter hunts the same, obviously. You got the guys you sit in blinds and guys you sit in tree stands and put up trail cams and they know where the animals are and they can sit there and wait but some of us ain't that lucky so we are what we call the truck hunters and we're kind of disdained by the rest of the hunters i'll be honest with you but you know we gotta work with what we got so usually what happens is you go out hunting and you'll find open areas but if you're not there right in the morning or you have your morning time passed then Animals don't really move around during the daytime, so what you'll do is you'll find a nice section of bush that's manageable for ever how many people you have, and you'll put some hunters on the outside of the bush, and you'll send some people on the inside of the bush. And the people on the inside of the bush, well, if they see an animal in there, they can shoot it, but the animal's probably going to get startled and run out of the bush, and that's what the people on the outside of the bush are for to get the animal as it's trying to flee mm-hmm. right and in that case that goes uh back to your other how do you target 
What do you do when your target is on the move? Aim a little bit ahead. <laughs> so a bush, <laughs> a bush pusher is a hunter. Yes, they have to be licensed. Yes, okay. it was not. Uh, it didn't always used to be that way. Well, when I was a kid. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, but now it's different. Now they need to be licensed if they're going into the bush. Oh, fair enough. Do bush pushers use artificial calls? Are they permitted to? Well, bush pushers or any hunter, yeah, they use artificial calls, but you can't use uh, electronic artificial calls for game like deer and that kind of stuff. That's illegal, but you, you can use them for like coyote callers for calling in coyotes and that kind of stuff. But obviously, you know, you have the moose calls. You've got the traditional big birch yes. bark ones. No, I get the moose callers. Or the deer calls. Yeah. Right? Deer, deer calls, I prefer to just use um, my own, you know, instrument. Or they use antlers <laughs> for rattling, right? Yes. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, you're permitted to as long as it's, like I said, not electronic calls for big game and that type of stuff. Wow. Well, thank you, Barrett, for being my first guest. You guys can follow me on Twitter at Urban Wild Pod and on Instagram at Urban Wilderness Podcast. Um, are you looking forward to my episode about hunting with dogs? Yes, I am. <laughs> what about the episode about the Iditarod? Yeah, I'm looking forward to that. That's pretty cool. Learn about Balto and Togo. Togo. Exactly. Thank you again, Barrett. And thanks, everyone, for listening. Thanks, guys. Bye. Bye.